0: Feel This with Frank and Jess. Welcome to Feel This, a series of experiential conversations between me, Jessica Ulrich-Singleton, and Frank D'Amato, where we explore trauma, healing, and awakening through the lens of relationship. When Frank comes into the podcast space today weighed down by his beloved dog Mr. Shoes having some health issues, a conversation ensues about mortality. Frank sees his practice of compassionate presence bearing fruit during challenging times while I share the struggle of parts believing in some sense of personal control. Frank shares his belief that everything happens as it's supposed to, and we discuss how these perspectives affect personal growth. So feel this.
1: Welcome. Welcome to the podcast today. Welcome, Jess. Thank you. And welcome you, you the listener who is pushing play. In this moment, wherever you are, we're going to, as we always do, take this moment to land and bring some presence to the experience of the moment of the now. Noticing our breath, letting our awareness drop down where it usually lives, up in the head and letting it drop down in and around the heart area. And as we breathe in, breathing right into and out of the sensations of the heart. And also feeling
2: into the belly. Noticing the
1: expansion and contraction as we breathe in and out. So from this more, slightly more aware and embodied space, I want to check in in ourselves, me, you, Jess, and you, the listener, with what brought you here today? Why are you here? Why did you press play? Why did you and I hit record, Jess? And taking some time to ask that question inside and not necessarily trying to figure it out but but more listen to whatever arises and whatever is arising here taking a moment to acknowledge it inside yourself whatever's here and just for you and i anything maybe checking in anything that your system maybe wants to speak to, maybe in your life or in our connection, connection to our mutual exploration of consciousness and healing. And this question is coming to me, like what might be of service? What might be of service inside us? from us to the listener, but but also for each other and for ourselves. So, yeah. Maybe we can check in as we normally do as to what came up in that little thing for us.
0: Mm-hmm. Sounds good.
1: Would you like me to start or would you like to start?
0: I'll start. I was noticing the difference between thinking about the present moment and being in the present moment, and not that those are mutually exclusive, but thinking about the present moment sort of is a part of being in it and allowing that to be a part of the present moment, but not necessarily a way of kind of controlling it. Instead, just dropping in which for me is a practice of trusting that something will come of it, that I don't have to kind of control or make it happen. And that was interesting to watch the sort of releasing of the grip and then the thinking parts would come back in. But when I released and let go, things naturally emerge. Mm. And my mind was relating that to how I tend to make art, which is, there is no real sense for the most part of a particular destination or outcome. It is moment by moment revealing itself and how good that space feels and just sort of trying to kind of make a connection point, not trying, but allowing there to be an awareness of the familiarity that comfort of just dropping into the present moment when I'm making art, how naturally that happens, how much I can let go. And these other parts or efforting that tries to control and is very mm, not in a space of trust. So just watching all of that, knowing that this space is like making a painting. Mm -hmm. It's just revealing itself moment by moment and feeling really good about that, happy about that.
1: Mm. Complete, anymore?
0: I have like sort of this little sub list of things. I'm like, ooh, we could dug at me, but that's all that's really right here in this moment.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's the larger aspect of me, more, you know, self-led, more higher state of awareness that is very curious to be here now because I've, I've had a this morning just a lot of parts active, a lot of activation, a lot enough, more than usual, and the general quality of it is a sense of resistance to life. It's very subtle, but it's there. There's this just tiny feeling. I I was processing it this morning of like, oh, wow, I'm in the rare place of wanting to get through the day. (laughs) And that's just not a space that I have found myself in in a a long time. It's very mild, but it's, it's mild enough to be there and for me to be curious about it. It feels present. I feel very present with it and curious about that, but it's definitely there. It's definitely like, oh, all right, how many sessions do I have today? (laughs) And then there's not even a looking forward to being done. Even that part, I'm like, yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. And (laughs) that's unusual. I'm pretty certain all of this is connected to my, my dog, Mr. Shoes, who's always a part of this podcast because he's always sitting here on my lap. He's, he's really, he's sick right now. Uh, He didn't sleep well last night and not to get into the content around that, but in the emotional aspect of it, it is upsetting, disconcerting. I notice my nervous system does not feel at ease because he is not at ease. There is some awareness of my challenges in nurturing in terms of giving him medicine and things like that, I'm I tend to not, it's hard for me to I my managers struggle with things like that, like keeping on schedules and you know, making sure I do all the things that the they tell me to do. And so then there's a little bit of a little bit of self-critical parts around that. That could be I'm not nurturing enough to the dog, to myself, et cetera, et cetera. Doesn't feel strong, but it feels just kind of in the air, you know, like, oh, oh, I wish it was kind of like, I wish I were better at being more nurturing, like the skills like a nurse might have of just let's make sure that that the skin is okay. And the medicine is taken and just being really on top of that. And my parts are like, okay, we, we, we tried to give him the medicine this morning. He didn't want it. I can't, what can I do? I got to go. And then the little part like, oh, I, I wish I could be better for him and better for me too. So that's just been kind of in the air. And so coming in to this, this morning, I was really aware, like, wow, what what is it going to be like to be in this space, feeling these feelings with these parts present? And one part of me felt this pulling back a little bit, like, I, I can't be here like this. (laughs) And then that wider mind, the higher self consciousness is like, yeah, no, this is, perfectly fine to explore and engage with as it is and i was consciously connecting to my higher purpose for being here which is why that came up in the meditation like why why are we here why am i here and what did come clear is my real deep desire for exploration of consciousness and the material of consciousness is how you explore it right like mood states and mental states that feel have the feeling of weighing down the experience of consciousness, but there's always the possibility of being curious about it, even as it is. And there's always the opportunity to take any experience and make it about learning about awareness and consciousness. Again, coming back to a previous episode, talking about the red button and If I had a red button, this is challenging. If I had a red button, if I could press the red button and make shoes better right now, right? I would say 98% of my system would say yes for all kinds of reasons for myself. But then all these ethical stories as well, like, well, you know, there's a dilemma there of like, I want to make it better for him because I love him. But nevertheless, I'm definitely in this state of parts of me resisting and rejecting this aspect of life around sickness and caring for sickness. And I'm aware of my trauma history with the brain tumor that comes up around that as well. Death, that's all in the room. I'm aware of that too. So yeah, a lot's coming in now, a lot of awareness around Oh yeah, this does trigger my my energy around death and grieving and saying goodbye. Mr. Shoes is 14. I've been very conscious that this, these are the last, you know, stages of his life. He's not quite anywhere, he's not, he seems in great health aside from right now. But I've been very conscious about that. And I've been very conscious about walking through this process and knowing my my parents are in their 80s. And so that's on the horizon as well. So I've been very conscious that my relationship with shoes at this stage of his life as being a precursor for walking through saying goodbye to my parents. So that's a lot there (laughs) and processing around my own relationship to illness in my past. So that's all here in, in the now. Yeah. I can feel energetically a heaviness on me feels on my shoulders and my just like this heavy kind of cloud that's energetically sitting on my body a little bit that I feel it kind of a weight like a weighted vest almost and I do have this beneath and through that weightedness I do have this sense of openness and curiosity about this moment and a real desire to not hit any red button and make anything different. Particularly right now, this feels, can't say it feels good, but it feels true.
2: Mm So
1: I'll
0: I'll end with that.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I feel a lot of tenderness and compassion, softness, feel Grateful that you decided to do this and share this place where you are and what's going on. I have parts that are very aware that about a year and a half ago, my cat was injured, and sort of relating my parts during that time to what you're describing for your parts right now, and looking at similarities and differences, and really marveling at. What I see as the level of self-compassion you have for yourself, that you have access to offer your system that self-compassion and that it's, that's different from my system of like really giving myself the messages during those moments that the way I am responding, the stress I'm feeling or the way I'm struggling, the parts of me that are struggling, that it's not okay. I feel... I mean, it's a mix of gratitude and awe, but it's like, I guess it's like a student part of me that comes forward in a very experiential way and is just wanting to like sit in what I am perceiving as your, your way in this experience that is, as I see it, part of the experience of life and that there's so much to learn in it and yet it's so hard for so many parts of us to be going through something like this Mm. yeah
1: yeah i'm feeling a little teary um (laughs) walk through a little bit of what my experience of hearing you was just which is as soon as I started speaking, stopped speaking, and I was listening to you and you were saying, I feel a lot of empathy and compassion. I was noticing I was receiving that in a very heady way. Like I couldn't, like you were just saying a fact, like you might as well have been saying, I read this thing in the newspaper. <laughs> Not exactly. Cause you, there was, I could feel it in the tone of your voice, but there was a definite lack of sense of taking it in or, hearing it as real. It was like, I was hearing you across a really long and dark hallway. You know, you were like re- like a tunnel almost. You're like a hundred feet down in the dark. And you were like saying that, you know, that's how far away my felt sense of compassion. And I noticed that. And then I, I really, I opened my eyes and I, I had a felt sense of wanting to feel it more. And then there was something in me that began to imagine I'm listening to the tone of your voice, Jess, and I'm imagining what does it feel to feel compassion and softness and tenderness towards me. And I, I began to feel a little bit of a softening and a little bit more connection a more vividness in my experience. And then as you kept talking and you, when you said you were noticing and maybe a little awe response towards my self-compassion in this and comparing it and When you said that, I felt this warmth. It's like a warm light going from my chest down to my belly. And I felt this sense of like the experience I often have here, which is of feeling seen. I'm hearing your reflection of me or how you're seeing me. And then I, I can see myself in that moment. Like I wasn't aware that I was holding a sense of self-compassion. I was just being, I mean, I felt heavy and I felt aware, but I felt everything I said, but I wouldn't have qualified it as I'm feeling particularly self-compassionate right now or something until you said that. And it was like illuminating. That was the warmth. It was like this light that was illuminating that the truth of that and the reality of that. It was like a warmth it was a bomb it was this energy and I could feel it and recognize it as awareness like as your awareness putting a light on that for whatever reasons your system has for whatever emotional reasons that are there for them wanting to learn it or where they're feeling a deficit in that or something you know comparing and whatever it is for your system I was really just feeling the light of the awareness and the warmth of it and it was healing and touching and i felt connected in the moment and a return to oh this is this is where i want to be in connection there is something powerful in the connection itself the you illuminating with awareness what you're seeing was yeah tending to me in some way without and i and i completely know there was not an intention of that you were just speaking for the truth of your experience in the moment. And even as I say that, I'm really aware, like I, I feel that lightness, but I also still feel the heaviness. I could, you know, I hear it in the tone of my voice. I I still feel that. And they're both, they're both here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. When I was listening to you, when you were first checking in, Mm -hmm you know, I still have this sort of practice. It's it's still a practice, a pretty conscious practice of, you know, what comes forward is like content response. The feeling is there and I have to listen in a slightly different way for it. And when I listened and I just felt so much like of what I shared was compassion and mm-hmm. tenderness and this like soft, open, leaning forward. And I. And what I know from my experience of receiving those kind of replies from you is how, how positively they impact my system. So I have a memory of how good it feels. You know, that was sort of like um, a thread to follow, to say, I know that if I share this, it will have value because I have felt the value of that before. And so hearing you describe the way you were listening at first from the, you know, <laughs> through this long, dark hallway, that's an experience I still have a lot when people share something loving or complimentary, actually just anytime, I think anyone shares anything where they say they're saying in a more experiential way, I see you, mm-hmm. I'm experienced, I am experiencing you and this is how, and it's, even vaguely positive, I tend to experience it through that long Mm -hmm. hallway or as if there's like some sort of barrier between me and them. And it does feel very intellectual. And so I appreciated hearing you describe, it was almost like you kind of imagined what it would be like to be me offering that Mm -hmm. to you Mm -hmm. and that that was your access point. Mm -hmm. So I really felt parts of me sort of taking notes. Hmm. And we're going to try this later Um, (laughs) and see if we can sort of soften or shorten the barrier space and receive, be, be in more of a receiving place. Yeah, there was a lot that kind of came up for me. I guess I sort of see it as this idea of contrast, the contrast between how you're feeling right now and how you normally feel. It's such an interesting, I guess that's more of a conceptual thing, but I feel like there's a lot to learn from that, that Mm. like when things start to improve for me, maybe I finally get to that sort of point where a tool is more naturally accessible to my system. I don't have to be so conscious of it. Then suddenly life gets a little easier and a little lighter. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I have no idea that that's happened until I have a a day or a moment of kind of going back to the old way, and suddenly I'm like, Mm -hmm. "Oh, I remember Mm -hmm. um, what this was like. It was so was so hard." All of that is to say that I can just sort of see where you are today, Mm -hmm. the challenge that is bringing, and how it's kind of even even at the very beginning when you said today it's unusual that I have a day where there's I'm not really looking forward. I'm looking for it to be over. Mm -hmm. And I think like that happens for me anytime I have like a bunch of stuff, quote, to do, to-do list. Oh, it's like a it's kind of like you're over, you know, it's like that idea of you're over kind of in this other area, maybe this other field, and you're like, it's great over here. And I'm like, I'm on my way, but I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that we don't have these difficult times it doesn't keep us from we don't get to avoid the pain of life but I'm just seeing that you still have so much access to the tools you've cultivated during the not so difficult times and that they're still accessible for you in this this time
1: Mm. Mm. and as you see that what is the feeling for you with that
0: the first thing that came to me was like hope, but then I'm always feel like that. Like, what does that even mean? Mm. I feel a softening in my own system, a a more, more access to my own self-compassion, seeing you in a difficult place where you choose still to show up here in the fullness of that and can share what that's like. Mm. And you're not you're not giving yourself a hard time. Like that seems like a big deal to my system. Like you are right where you are. You're not giving yourself a hard time. You're still fully here in this present moment, just as you are. And just seeing that, witnessing that, feeling that in my system is a feeling of softening and self-compassion within my own system. Oh, I can see by watching you that me giving myself a hard time when I'm having a hard time is not helpful. Mm. it feels really good.
1: I'm crying. Um, mm, That was such a beautiful experience to listen to you say what you said parts of me are working to, to, to put some words to it. Very similar to how it felt before, like kind of warmth in my body, a feeling of being seen. I felt like I could really see myself through your eyes and experience this moment in a slightly different way, like feeling the truth of what you're saying. And it, again, it doesn't make, the heaviness that I came in with go away, it just makes it beautiful, you know, in a way. Like I can still sense there is a part in me that would hit the button and make it go away because he just doesn't like it. He thinks that he's not supposed to feel that way. He thinks the, the better way is to be happy and to be, you know, light and excited. But I can feel the the truth and the value of just being here right now. And hearing the the impact it has for you and the hope that you feel and the the way you see it, just it just it feels so validating me in my higher self and my parts over time have all bought into being with what is and being in the moment, everything you're describing, regardless of what I'm feeling. Sometimes it's taking it on a matter of faith that that's going to be helpful or, or lead to a good place. And it has over and over, but it feels very validating to hear you say it. It feels not validating in a conceptual way, but in an experiential way, like I I'm experiencing, Oh joy at being here in this moment with you, with, with all this, I don't have to change it. I just being with it. There was another piece that felt. Mm. I can tell there's a part that's trying to grasp it because it felt good. I guess it was around, oh, not giving myself a hard time. That felt like you're feeling this, Frank, you're feeling heavy, but you're not giving yourself a hard time with it. Even just saying it, it brings up tears to my eyes. I guess in this moment for me, it's a realization of how true that is and how far I've come from giving myself a hard time. That's, That's where I lived was just, no matter what was happening inside me, my parts would, quote unquote, give me a hard time, meaning they worried about it and they felt they had to do something. And half the times what they thought they had to do was criticize me for it or beat me up for it or say there's something wrong with me or why you, you know, all the things that our psyche or parts can do to try to help good and intention misguided and impact. So just the realization of how far that and how true that how deeply that self-acceptance is. And I I think there was a spark to talk more about it, to talk, I don't know what more there is to say. Part of what it is, is as the more and more I identify myself as awareness and just being the awareness of what is happening inside me. One of the good parts about that is I don't feel responsible for it. Like I, I can't do anything about this. Like I didn't make this heaviness appear I didn't make the dog sick and I didn't make the feelings and I didn't, I didn't cause myself to be not the best nurturer in the world. You know, I, like, I understand I'm just a body that is reacting to my own upbringing and impact and, and all of that. So there's no sense of me being responsible for that. Like I'm to blame for any of it. I feel liberated from that because I also know that the process of being with it in an aware, caring way is the best way I can possibly be, quote, unquote, better by being with what I'm experiencing now. I, I can feel I'm becoming a better nurturer for myself and for the dog without beating myself up about it. Yeah, I don't know. I want to pause there because I said a lot and I, want to, I feel teary still and I, I really want to stay connected to you and yeah
0: Hmm. one I I have this part that over and over again things you've you've shared and I can't remember them all but it like comes forward and it's like for real for real like that's an option you can do that you can (laughs) you can trust that much and you can have that level of having access to the practice even when things are hard so that that's um, that's happened about three times, just the last when, time you were talking. Hmm. And I'm also noticing like just the, the overall rhythm and cadence of this, since you brought forward where you are today in this sort of difficulty, the, the tenderness on my side, this, the this difficulty of being with what's happening with shoes and the parts of you that are coming up and just the this sort of slowness. And so there was a moment when you were like, I'd like to talk more about, was it the part about not giving ourselves a hard time? Yeah. Yeah. How we do that and then what that looks like and just exploring that some more. And, and I had a part that was like, okay, we might get into some conceptual stuff here and that'll be cool. But like, can we feel stay connected to the feeling state that we're in right now? And, um, noticing how the cadence of the conversation sort of reflects that. Mm. Mm, Let me take a moment and see if I can remember. Um, Can you remind me of like the last thing you said? Do you even remember the last thing or two?
1: I know I was talking about my own journey with self-acceptance and not giving myself a hard time. I know I was genuinely talking about the experience of being mm, and related to you in this space, the major feeling I think I'm sitting with is the experience of a deeper self knowing around my own self compassion and, and a sense of value for that. Having it register, like, oh, it's kind of like something you said a little bit earlier, where you don't, don't realize it until you kind of slip back into the old ways. This is similar in that, like, I'm not realizing it until you reflect it. And then I'm like, oh, oh, that, that was not always decayed. And I wasn't even aware I was doing it or that it was happening because I don't feel like I'm doing anything exactly. I don't know if that rings any bells for you.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One of the responses my system sort of brought forward was just how much the level of trust you have. I can't remember exactly how you said it. You have enough trust in your system to believe both, to believe that even when even when you're you can't see how it could work, that you trust this process enough to lead you back to to healing. And then you sort of, in my mind it was related, gave this specific example that while you have parts that say, I'm not very good at nurturing or taking care, you know, the sort of nurse parts of being with shoes, that instead of giving yourself a hard time to try and to try harder at being a nurse or being what you think he needs, think you, you know, like those thinking parts that back out and say, this is what I need to do right now. And even as I say that, I can feel like in my own system, the sort of frantic energy that those parts hold for me mm. that are sure it was, again, it was comparing sort of what you're describing in your system with what I still experience in my system. Like I still believe I have parts, I should say that believe I am to blame. And that if I try harder I can control or I could have kept the thing from happening. And that's so much softer than it used to be, but it's still, it's it's now it's not so much that I'm full on believing it. It's more like it's an energy that tries to drive me into the right direction. It's my more like if I could just believe that I had control or that if I tried harder, I could fix this, that maybe it will get better. Mm. And so for you to Trust that enough and then to begin to see that when you are giving yourself a hard time, it actually, that's that's what allows it to get better. Mm -hmm. It's reminding me of my cat is a wonderful teacher. I guess animals will be our teachers today. My cat is allowed to go outside if she stays in the backyard and she knows her boundaries and she does a really good job except for when she doesn't. And so maybe there's like a loud noise and she goes flying into the front yard. And there's this one time in particular where she flew out of the backyard and I got startled and she got startled and I like went after her, but her nervous system was like, I'm going to be like your nervous system. You're freaking out. I'm freaking out. Right. So I ran back to the backyard and I was like, Greg, get the treats, get the this and let's do this. And, and he goes, hold on. He's like, I just, I'm going to give you a hug right now. And I was like no, you know, everything in me was like, no. Right. So Greg remembered because his nervous system, yes, yes. My husband, Greg, he his his nervous system is much calmer than mine. Mm -hmm. He was fine. He's like, it's all going to be fine. And what he knows is that when Greg and I, when when he and I hug Zinnia comes closer, it's like a weird energy beam. We could be anywhere in the house. He'll go (laughs) to give me a hug. She could be asleep somewhere. She'll wake up. Well, look down. She's standing right between us looking up. at us. So,
2: <laughs>
0: so I, I'm not thinking about that at all. I'm just thinking he's trying to calm me down. Duh, he's trying to calm me down. You know, like everything in me is like, bah, dah, rah, eh. and so I'm like, fine. He probably knows something I don't have access to right now. And so he hugs me and I'm like, okay, I'm going to just feel his breath. Like some part of me is like, Maybe there's something here. And then finally, I'm like, I couldn't stand it any longer. The parts of me that were freaking out, even though I was much calmer and I turn around and there's Zinnia just walking toward us like, hey guys, felt the hug, feeling good. It was just, so all of that is like that relationship in my system between the parts of me that are freaking out and the parts of me that are freaking out because parts of me are freaking out, you know, the co-regulation between that, that upset But then having something in me that's like the Greg, which I'm still working on, that's like the part of me that's calm and sees the whole thing and even knows, I think, you know, in that moment, Greg knew like, it's all okay. All of it. Mm. Not not in that rose-colored glasses, it's all going to turn out fine. You know, not in a artificial, I'm just going to believe something optimistic, but whatever happens, it'll be okay. And creating that place inside myself that can be an access point back to that. Mm -hmm. It's happening, Uh, it's just, I'm not there yet. You know, there's still those moments where I can throw myself past the threshold of being able to access that still.
1: Mm -hmm. One, before you talked about the story about you and, and Greg, there was a spark of excitement in me. I don't know why. Just curious because as you were describing how this part of you sees it about like, if I blame, if I hold myself responsible and give myself a hard time, blame me, then I could have done it differently. It could have been different. And if I blame myself, there's this sense of changing things that way. It was the way you described it. It was so interesting because it was like, Oh, it's for me, which is what you're identifying, but it was so clear how exactly the opposite. It was just completely opposite. Like one, the the premise, oh, I could have done it differently. Like that premise is exactly opposite. Like there is this total sense of like, it could not have happened any differently than it did. Everything that has come before right now could not have happened any differently than it did. That's like, feels very true to me (laughs) it happened exactly the way it happened and needed to happen and so the parts of me that would in the past have the very human would have should have could have they exist on very very thin ground like if they pop up they're just this like little passing thought they don't have any weight in the system because we've spent so much time like any time that those beliefs came forward, we really, really spent time with them. Like, oh, really pulled them apart (laughs) and freed, liberated my system from the kind of, I'm gonna say shackles of those constrictions about a relation in the relationship to the past. And so this awareness of my relationship to the past in general, much like you were describing with Greg, like it's all okay. It's all exactly how it was meant to be. It happened exactly how it's supposed to happen. Everything happens how it's exactly supposed to happen in every moment, <laughs> and that feel, that felt sense of that truth. So one, that premise flipped on its head from that part of you that has the you know I could have done something different. So there's no sense to me that I could have could in this moment be any different of a caretaker for shoes than I am. And then there is this knowing like you said, the knowing of the opposite, that actually the more present I am to that, to this moment, the more I change and the more I become better without trying to be better, just feeling it. And as you were talking about your reflection on my trust of that and the depth of my trust of that, what came up for me, again, all of that same feeling of, well, really feeling seen and feeling like these aspects of me feeling realized in the moment right now which is a very awesome experience that's a very like whoa it's it feels like it's taking something that's there and kind of dormant and like making it come alive even though it's you know in in one sense it's already alive but it doesn't feel like until you say it all of a sudden it's like i don't know like a two-dimensional picture becoming three. you know popping out of the book. Like I'm looking at a book of pictures. And when you say it, they come alive into the room. They're, they're in this whole other dimension. It's like, whoa, I didn't, I couldn't, could not have seen it that real until you said it. So there's a realization happening. There's a quelling of a sense. Here's an existential um, dread exile in me, which is a feeling of what if, I do all this work and I do all this awakening. There's this part that's like, what if nobody knows and it doesn't matter? Nobody knows. Nobody knows how, nobody, and what does it matter? You know, there's this voice like, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. And there's this little pain with that, that when that flashes in my consciousness and that, I think that connects to what I've mentioned before about parts of me that want to be, Um, noticed or recognition, the parts that strive for recognition, I believe, are trying to quell that existential dread underneath of nobody will never being seen. And the feeling of you saying it here in the now, and seeing it's a bomb for that place in me. But not in the way that (laughs) not in any surface way it's a very deep and resonant and real because it, I can hear how deeply it's coming from an experience in you right now. And so it's all fused with the resonance of connection between us. And as I say that I just spontaneously became really aware of the listener and Mm. really feel my heart energy going out to you who's ever listening and a real desire to feel a sense of relationship with you, the listener, in the same way that I'm feeling that with you, Jess. And there's a part of me that doesn't know how to do that except to say, that's what I'm feeling right now. <laughs> and, and I'm curious about what you're feeling right now as the listener and curious if, if you can become curious about what you're feeling right now, even as I put that energy forward towards you. Just Mm. notice what what comes up in you. Is that alarming? Is that surprising? Is it touching? Who knows? But just really curious about what does come up in that moment for you. And for you, Jess, right now, whatever's alive for you, I'm curious.
0: Yeah. As you were sharing the balm, the page going from 2D to 3D, Mm -hmm. just by hearing me talk and share. How I'm being impacted by what you're sharing. I've felt the, you know, the power of what happens here in this space and the power of relationship, of authentic relationship and connecting with other by connecting, by, by sharing my my true inner experience as best I can and putting feelings first, you know, just that whole thing we do here. And, and I started to think about the audience as well. And as you brought up the audience just a moment or two after I, th- I wondered about them, I guess I realized as you were sharing that I was thinking about how are they taking, how are they making, how are they making content of this? And I don't, you know, in this moment, I'm seeing the value of content as a way of accessing an experience. So You pointed toward the experience they might be having. What experience is the audience having? is Is a particular person having hearing us? In my mind, I guess, from more of a maybe manager perspective, and there's wisdom in that manager, that's like people know the experience. Many people know the experience of having an animal who's sick, having an animal who's aging, even as we speak, my brother is at the vet with his cat. Who is having some issues and who is an older kitty? And he's been sending us messages, kind of keeping us up to date of what's going on and just how the content here is quite universal. Mm. And I guess my mind keeps going to that because I don't know what kind of experiential feeling that this is bringing up in someone listening to this. I can't, I don't have access to that. So my mind, goes to what I can imagine as being like the content they're receiving and the, I don't know, I'm just kind of moving back and forth between those two things. Mm. And I guess wanting to bring my awareness into a more feeling state awareness of like what they might be experiencing.
1: Yeah, Mm. It's interesting. The first thing that came up when I was listening to you was you were saying like how I was when I was thinking about the audience, you were saying, in a contrast to you, you were thinking at a content level, like what, how are they parsing the content of what we're talking? And you noticed I was thinking about how, is that, how are they, how, what are they experiencing feeling? Is that right? That's so good, accurate?
0: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't mine didn't involve the experience. It was more just like that the content was sort of the base Access point to the experiential rather than going straight to the experiential. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And for me, and when you said that, what flashed to me was the memory of myself listening back to this, not while editing, but just listening to an episode, and I'm doing something in my house and I'm just listening. And the, the moments that stand out for me are the moments where I, because of something you were nice or I say, Something that calls my attention to, oh, what's my experience of hearing this right now? And anything that brings my awareness to that, it's that same moment. It's like everything's in 2D, and then suddenly it becomes three-dimensional. And that moment and the power of that moment stands out to me. You know, that it's like that's where the light is for my system. That's where the light is. And we want to go to that. So when I when I think of the listener, I think of myself. It's interesting, you brought up earlier, you were noticing that there was something about how I was imagining your experience as a way of staying, reconnecting. Earlier when I was like, you were feeling empathy and compassion for me, way at the beginning. And my my doorway in that moment was to kind of empathize with you and put myself in your shoes, which is like really interesting. Oh, what is it like inside just to feel that? And that began to soften me. In a similar way, when I think of the listener, I, I'm i going to my own, I guess I'm using my experience as a, a ground or a sense like, oh, that was what was meaningful to me. And so I want to go back there to what it, that's, that's what made it come alive to me was the awareness of what I'm experiencing. And so that sticks out to me. So when we, that's where I, that's the lens with which I see every, begin to see everything more and more, but particularly the listener, like, oh, what are they feeling right now? What are you feeling right now? That's the most important thing. And that is over and over the most important thing for me and my consciousness, right? Like over and over, like what is happening right now? What am I experiencing in this moment? No matter what it is, what is my experience? My ownership of that experience. And when I say ownership, that's a weird word but I mean being really present to it and ownership in the sense of taking full responsibility, something else we've touched on, taking 100% responsibility, right? Taking 100% responsibility from my experience by engaging in it totally presently. How are you responding to, to that?
0: Yeah, I was really feeling into the power of, as my mind put it, becoming conscious of the present moment experience, which is taking full ownership, which is not from a place of responsibility or efforting, but it's just simply sinking into a more embodied awareness of Mm -hmm. what's happening for me right now. What is this moment in my body my mind, in my environment, and I feel like a really intense kind of feeling in my, my chest. It's so powerful. It's so rich. It's so meaningful, and it's every single moment, and, and what feels funny to my system right now is all we have to do is let go of the content, let go of the idea of the present moment and just actually enter into the experience with awareness. And as simple as that sounds, it's very much a practice, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. you know, I can remember the very first, you know, time it ever happened for me and just being like, my mind was blown. And I didn't even know that I had been experiencing the world mm. entirely conceptually as far as my mm. consciousness was concerned. You know, um, I just, I didn't even realize that mm. there was this present moment all around me, this whole other world. And, and anyway, all of that is just making me think of this word consciousness.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. We say this
0: word a lot and there's a part of me that's like, What the heck do we even mean? What do we not mean? What isn't included in that? And it gets, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. curious. So, yeah.
1: Gosh, my felt sense experience of this moment, I have my eyes closed. I'm listening to you speak. I feel, if you could imagine, last week I went to. It's something called Beyond Van Gogh, which is where they take the artworks. I do they do it with different painters, but they take the artwork, mm-hmm. in this case, Vincent Van Gogh, and then can digitize it and project it all through this room. And you're basically walking through this 3D room of that. And I've been really, really connected to that this last week and the podcast uh, relating to myself and you, Jess, I was creating a, a painting in this podcast because these brush strokes it was just so amazing to see them so alive in the world on the ground in the on the walls moving uh, they had such a texture so one I really connected in that space to what it feels like inside me when we're talking and really in the now, in the moment, and really feeling into the texture of experiencing ourselves beyond conceptions, beyond that. Those conceptions are present, they're here. We still have access to them. I still have access to them, but I'm experiencing this in, in such a fully alive and vivid way, much like I experienced those brush strokes on the wall, like moving color, so what I was experiencing as you were talking, that's all a little set up to say, what I was experiencing as you were talking was I was hearing you and I was kind of in that room with the Van Gogh and your words and the energy of them were moving all through the room. There was like the words were the paint splashes on the walls and I was in this, I was, I was in the room and I also was the room And the words you were saying were kind of moving through me. And I understood that I was conceptually understanding what you were saying, but I wasn't experiencing them as a concept, which was exactly part of what you were saying. (laughs) And what I was really cluing into in this really beautiful way was like, oh, I'm really aware of one could be listening to this from this very conceptual box and trying to put all these boxes on it, right. And frames much the way I, and you have engaged with the world in the past. And you say, you know, obviously you say sometimes you still do. And of course, sometimes I still do too, but in this space here now, being able to really feel, Oh, I am, I certainly can speak from my experience. I am existing much in a much more deeply, seeing way and again it's similar to seeing the world in three dimensions than i did in two dimensions and i'm experiencing this moment in this extra dimensional way which is beyond these simple cognitions of what's happening and trying to understand it cognitively but feeling it as a fully alive embodied expression and experience of of the moment and and a sense of unitary consciousness it's all happening in this one beautiful flow, I, I can see the words coming out of my mouth as I say them. I can feel them touching the air around me. I can feel them going out to you. I can feel them going out to the listener. I could I could feel that I'm not even here doing this. I'm just riding this wave just like everyone else is riding this wave. It's not even me saying these words. These words are just coming. And I'm just in this beautiful uh, painting right now that's moving through the space, right? Like everything's moving through felt like I was going somewhere with that, but <laughs> 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 I was like, wait a minute. I think that was going somewhere, but it, it didn't. but it well, I'll pause there and just see. I do think there was a, 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 a point there, <laughs> but <laughs> I got so lost in the experience of it. It was so lush and beautiful. But anyway, I think it was around that being aware of that difference of oh, I I can imagine how someone can hear what we're saying from the two-dimensional space and they're trying, maybe they're grasping at it or what. And I I have parts that sometimes can get tied up in me trying to figure out how to explain to the person who's in the two-dimensional space, which in this metaphor is hearing this from a strictly conceptual box, you know, just from up in your head and can get lost in, how do I help someone experience from the two-dimensional to there? And then I can get kind of locked in. Sometimes I can get kind of locked into the two-dimensional. And I, I get sucked out of it by trying to figure out how to explain it. Or or I, what I do is I become the person in the two-dimensional and I lose access to my three-dimensionality <laughs> in the metaphor. In this moment, I'm feeling a much deeper sense of trust. I don't need to. I don't need to. Like much in the way, I don't need to be a better nurturer for shoes, but I can be present and aware and aware of all the feelings that come up in me. And I will become better without trying in the same way. I don't need to go and figure out how to bring someone in. Just, just stay in <laughs> trust, trust in the flow of it. That's what's coming out in me, trusting in the listener, trusting that they'll find their own way to in processing and listening and putting their frames of conception wherever they are to find their own access point. It's not my responsibility, my responsibility, my role, my, I don't know what what the right word is. It's a little, I wanna be careful about that word, but my intention is to simply stay in it myself and make that still transparent. Okay, there we go. Now I'm gonna pause.
0: Yeah yeah no that was really helpful. I'm glad you got there to the to your intention of staying in your three-dimensional experience and being transparent about what that is like as a way as a as an invitation to whoever may want to find their way into a more non-conceptually limited experience of the present moment because it's not it's not making the conceptual the enemy that's that's a part of the present moment. Mm-hmm. it's just not limiting to that. it's allowing it to be so much more than that and it's a practice you know it's a I mean maybe for some people it can be just this moment of diving in completely and never never leaving. but for me it's like these, these places in my life where I know how to do this, painting, mm. for example, gardening, generally being in nature, and, and then allowing those places to sort of teach some of the other places in me that maybe have less trust or more wanting a sense of control too. So that's, that's I guess, what I'm describing is the internal version of what you're describing like you and the listener. I can see inside myself the parts of me that have found their way into this more three-dimensional experience of the present moment being an invitation to the parts of me that are not there yet.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. I still want to go back to what I was saying earlier, which was the content about animals.
0: Yes, animals.
1: But I... And maybe we'll never get back to that, it's okay. But what you just said at the end was brought a really interesting energy for me, which was you were saying, you said my relationship to the listener. Then you were going on to talk a little bit about your relationship to your parts and, and where your parts are in, in relationship to being more in the now and free from a conceptual-based space. What really stood out energetically to me was when you said my relationship to the listener, it, it brought back the memory of what I was talking about earlier, about as I imagine the listener and going back to experience. And and now my relationship to the listener is, is a relationship to me. It's a relationship to Frank, the Frank who sometimes listens to this. So I literally am picturing mm. that person, that Frank, who will later be or previously was listening to this and having an experience. And there is this deep desire in me to connect to him, (laughs) that Frank. And I'm realizing that that is a kind of universal desire to connect to anyone, to all people. There's somehow this magic of imagining, knowing what it felt like in myself as a way to anchor in my relationship to others. That awareness came back to me and it was compared or like aligned with like your relationship to your parts that you were saying. Like I, you were basically saying like in the hopes that those parts can get that or, or hear it in their own way. And I was, so I was seeing a an energetic parallel between what you were talking about with your parts and how I was relating to imagining with the listener and also myself, my relationship to the listener. I'm is very related to my relationship to myself as a listener of this and of other things in life as a receiver. That was just flashing through my mind and it felt alive to me.
0: Mm. I don't feel called to get into the details of this, but I definitely have had some very insightful and interesting experiences being a listener of our podcast. Mm. You know, it's a totally different experience than, not totally different, but it's quite a different experience than making it. The way that my awareness can sit back and not have to participate except for being totally in my experience. And sometimes I'll listen to the same podcast multiple times. And it's different every time, you know, I hear Mm. different things and that mostly what I've experienced with that is the part of me that's like excited that we're doing this and that when I'm in it and I'm making it with you, sometimes I just lose all perception of Mm. what we're doing Mm -hmm. and I'm just in it. like, I don't have any idea what this is. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And then I go back and I listen and it's like, this is really neat. I think it's really cool. (laughs) It's like when I make a painting Uh and I pull it out of the drawer like a month or a year later and I'm like, I made that? That's kind of (laughs) cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Feeling right now uh, a sense of lightness, a little bit of joy in my chest. There was a little hint of a part of me that like a self-critical part of me because I was with you. I was like identifying and empathizing like I have a similar experience as that when I listen to the podcast and that, that critical, self-critical, self-conscious voice in me as it was seeing that in me was saying, oh, you, you're just enamored of yourself or like you're the only one who likes it. Like you, oh, well, you would like it. You, Frank, you like it. But nobody else does. It was very low level, but it was there. And it was energetically, it was like, I'm putting my hand over my head. It was like off to the right of my head up and above and beyond.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's kind of like hovering over here, that energy, but the, the felt sense of warmth and excitement was all in my chest. And that felt like a way more the predominant experience of like feeling the truth of it. Cause I felt, I feel the same thing when I listen, I have a very similar experience of like, Oh, this experience of pulling the thing out of the drawer like oh and hearing something different each time and having a kind of different relationship to it in 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 different moments and then that was interesting so there was the one part that was a little critical of me saying well you just like what you do and nobody else likes it and then there was another part that was like well so what (laughs) like good enough for me I like it if I get something out of it that's more than very that you know like that part's like we have no complaints if we enjoy doing it and we enjoy listening to it, okay, well, what more do you want? You know. Um, yeah. So that's interesting too.
0: I've got all those same parts. I think I could just say ditto, ditto, ditto. <laughs> and then I thought about the intrinsic and extrinsic hmm. value ideas that, like, I'm doing this and I'm getting something out of it, and then I'm getting something out of listening to having done it. And, you know, if you don't want to come to the party, then my guess is you're not hearing me say this right now, you know what I mean? Like I've already lost that person and that's okay. I'm just getting so much out of all of it, even the process of, Mm. of like putting it out into the world and the, the parts and the feelings. And it's, it's been a, amazingly rich experience and I'm excited to keep doing it. And I hope someone wants to listen to it (laughs) because if they don't, I might have some different feelings about that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering about like sort of the, well, go ahead. I I guess I'm thinking about wrapping up and I'm thinking about animals and hoping that we'll get to it at some point, but.
1: Well, I guess I'll come back to the animals piece and then we'll maybe wrap up, but it was really about the content, like what you brought. Was oh you were thinking about the listener and thinking about some uh, everyone can relate to having that not everyone but many people can relate to loving an animal and caring for them and and relate to dying not that Mister Shoes is necessarily dying but but that's the fear that's present for me and relate to our anxiety and fear about our wellness and death mm-hmm. and so there is a doorway into that by saying the gift of what we're doing is it's so free of the content like oh i mentioned what got brought up was about the heaviness about shoes but then it just became about how i was being with that and what came up for you and seeing me be with that and it almost was completely immaterial what was the original trigger of the heaviness could have been a million things And so there was an awareness of, yeah, there's so much great value in the process of what we're doing and and exploring in the moment. And there's so much great value in like, well, what would it be like to talk at a more content level about the particularities of this? You can tell, I can tell, like the more fine-tuned the detail becomes about the, oh, well, the doctor said this, and then this is going on with his butt and all this stuff, right? (laughs) The less it becomes to some degree, the less it becomes valuable for a listener, I think there's a sense in me. But there is some sweet spot where saying like, this is what's happening in relationship to this. And these are the feelings that are coming up. There's a space to exp- to tip the notch over a couple of degrees into the more particular emotional relationship to what's happening, the, the content around the dog in this case, but could be something else in another case, and there's a curiosity about that and an opening to explore that. If that makes sense, it, I don't know. For
0: sure, maybe you said this, like a door into a, you know, you open the door labeled animals and there's all kinds of things in there that aren't, you know, they may have some specific, I mean, even as it happened, the the, the sort of specific story I shared about my cat teaching me about regulating my nervous system yes. and my sense of responsibility, We didn't talk about all that, but I imagine that some people will relate to some part of that story around that, but to to look at it more pointedly from a animals as teachers of the present moment and parts and our consciousness and even our, one of the ways I think a lot of people know the present moment in a more full way is through their experience with their animals, because it's a place where we don't need any content. Usually we just get to feel our feelings and see this animal who is fully inhabiting their body and their present moment experience. So, yeah, I think that could be a really rich jumping off point.
1: Yeah. And I, I was appreciating what you said and, what was standing out to me was resonating was the awareness of like, looking at life as a teacher as a whole, every experience like, oh, what is what is this experience here? What can it teach me? And, and big ones for me are death. And so I think about my relationship to death a lot. Like the brain tumor was this big opening for me to explore my relationship to my own mortality and time. And now as my parents are getting older, I'm thinking about saying goodbye to them and my relationship to them at this stage. And the last few years, as Mr. Shoes has hit, you know, gone into the double digits in age, I've realized, okay, look, he's, well, he's got more years behind him than left. There, there, you know, I don't know how many, but I am a very aware that we're going to be entering into this stage. And I'm aware that I'm going to be entering into that stage with my parents. Right? And I'm aware that this is an opportunity for me to learn about how to be with death, grieving, dying, frailness of the body uh, as, as the body weakens, my own fears about that, my own fears of intimacy around the body, all of that coming up, but all of it looking like, oh, okay, this is here to, to help me learn about this, to help teach me about this, to help me embrace the parts of me that don't want to embrace these aspects of life and dying and illness and, and the body and the spirit and all of it, it's all here for me. So I am very much as I enter into the stage with Mr. Shoes, I see it as a preparation for entering into that stage with my father, which I see as a preparation for entering into that with myself and holding all of that as a way of connecting more deeply to every person that I'm with, because we all have, I believe we all have this underlying fear to some degree of, of of our eventual death. And how do we come to terms with that and the mystery of it? So that's, that's, I don't know. (laughs) That's that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I thought of earlier when sometime earlier in this podcast that animals are, we know almost always we're going to outlive them. And so that's just part of the
1: can I, I stop you for a
0: second?
1: Yeah, uh, I have this oh, feelings. I do, and I don't want, I don't want yes. it to feel like scolding, but I because it really comes from the place of me of like, oh, I need, I want, like I felt this lack in me of like, oh, I don't, I don't know how that landed on Jess. I hear you're starting to go to content and tell me some ideas, and that's fine, but I really want to know how that impacted you.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting for you to say that. Okay, so let me do that. And then I'm going to respond to hearing you ask that because that feels more present in my system and very interesting. So hearing all of that, I could feel like this resonant sense of importance. And also (laughs) a part of me that was like, I don't know if I want to go there. You Mm -hmm. know, like just that natural fear, that natural hesitancy of like, oh God, I was like, It was like the parts of me that are like, let's avoid this subject at all costs. You just (laughs) avoid it until you can't anymore. Uh When you can't anymore, you deal with it. So I felt also a sense of appreciation, but it was somewhat overshadowed by the part that was like feeling more of the avoidant. Yes, yes. And then when I started to respond in a content way, and I appreciate you stopping me and asking for feelings first, which I was totally not thinking of. And then when you asked for it, not only was I really grateful that you were asking for what you wanted in that moment, what, what your system was kind of leaning in for. So I felt really grateful for that. And I realized that because it's it's like this sudden realization, maybe, maybe I've had this realization before we're beginning to wrap this up. And I have parts that come forward that are like, I don't want to be in a feeling of incomplete. Like at some point, it's like a feeling of like, who speaks last? Like who has the last word? Like one of us is going to have to stop the back and forth. And part of me is like, um, I don't want to be the last one that says something really emotional and meaningful and have him be like, and see you next week. (laughs) So I think part of me is like waiting for it. Almost like not wanting to be caught by the sudden disappointment of the ending. So I, what I do to manage that is bring forward the thinking parts of me that are wanting to be sort of more linear and logical and Mm -hmm. feel that sense of I'm putting all the things away in order, you know, it's like a control Mm -hmm. thing. So it was interesting to just suddenly reflect on how vulnerable, I guess that's what I'm saying is it feels really vulnerable when we finish these conversations. Like, Mm. I don't want them to end and they do need to end. And so I have parts that kind of try to avoid the feelings that come up around that.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. (sighs) I am feeling like a softness, definitely feeling a tiredness too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. A long ride of energy today. I was feeling appreciation because so much of what you are saying, I was like, thinking about the listener and thinking like, oh yeah, so many people can resonate, especially when you're like, I don't want to go near that parts you want to avoid it. And like, yeah, I bet. Yeah. I know the parts of me that want to avoid it. And I know there's parts in the listener that are maybe feeling, maybe felt something and wanted to get away from it and maybe started to distract or who knows how, how your system relates to you, the listener, your system relates to feelings, fears, anxiety around dying or, death or questions like that. And that's a really great opportunity for all of us here since we are wrapping up, just to take a moment um, to check inside with our own internal experience. Checking in with your experience of this journey we went on today, noticing where you came in you, Jess, you, Frank, and you, the listener, where, where you started from and where you're feeling now and and noticing all of that journey and noticing anything that really stands out to you energetically, maybe emotionally, maybe cognitively. Yeah. Anything coming up for you, Jess? What, do you,
0: what? Yeah, for me, I was just suddenly getting, like, just clear as a bell that... <laughs> Me not responding with feelings first to your last big share was me in the parts that don't want to talk about endings, that don't want to talk about death. It was a little microcosm of this is how I deal with death. The death of this particular podcast, Mm -hmm, right? This particular recording was just like,
1: I'm
0: going to go to my head. It was really, really interesting to notice that. So.
1: Mm as you say that and reflect back to that moment i think this is a common thing for people on the path too i get this flash inside of like the alternate version of frank and jess <laughs> so frank in the frank frank in the past or the alternate version of frank right but it would be relational the alternate version of frank maybe felt too fearful to stop you because he he wouldn't want the old version of Frank. What, what I did say. I don't want that to feel like I'm criticizing you or uh, chastising you or something. He doesn't. He's afraid of being in that energy. So because of his fear of that, would feel bad to you. He won't say anything. So then you stay in feeling. You're just doing you. You're fine. You know, not a problem. But I'm feeling uh, starting to feel like this disconnection. This, this sense of moving cognitively from myself. Like I start to like. Oh, I got to go where Jess is. I don't know where she's feeling, but now it's almost like I start to see the lights in the room start to dim. And then the parts of me, the lights in the room start to dim. And then there are parts that now the parts start to get a little, a little bit frantic and they've, and they've got to put the mask on. Okay. What are we supposed to say now? Okay. You know, I've got to have some response to Jess. What is she saying? All this management of stuff of what it's supposed to look like and should, and, and it's all behind the mask and it's all a little less authentic and real and i could see that picture and i can go oh i'm so glad i'm not there (laughs) you know i'm glad there's such a trust between us that i can say hey i don't want i don't want this to land the wrong way but can you tell me that because i need that right now i want that i feel the value of that so yeah
0: yeah Yeah, i hope to reciprocate that feels really good to hear and i I am not tuning into any moments for me when that has happened, although I'm sure it has, because I know that's something that happens for me, my versions of that. But then part of me just came forward that was like, I loved that he did that and I want to do that to him. <laughs> I want to interrupt him uh-huh. gently and
1: uh-huh. <laughs> thoughtfully. <laughs> that would be great.
0: Ask for what I want. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, I hope you, the listener, had a rich as rich of an experience or somewhat even a fraction of how rich it was for me. And I believe for you, Jess.
0: Same. Yeah.
1: And uh, in whatever way we have maybe in the future established for you to give feedback, I hope you do. We don't have that yet, but it will be there at some point. So we would love to hear about your experience and what you noticed in yourself. So, Mm -hmm. and we'll see you next time.
0: See you next time.